welcome to episode 78 of the Adelaide Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 7, episode 8, After Before. How are you doing, guys? I'm good. How are you, Lynn? I'm all right. You have a storm? I do have a storm right now, so if I uh, drop off, continue without me. Oh, no. <laughs> Go, on without me. <laughs> Go on without me. Save yourselves! <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it, it went in that little weather image you sent us. It looked like quite a big storm, so uh, hopefully it's a won't lot get of orange. You know. Yeah, the uh, the floor shook with the thunder, so it's, it's a nice. pretty good one. Nice, excellent. So, uh, so how did you guys like this episode of Agents of Shield? I liked it. I I I feel like um, Nathaniel needs to get his ass beat, much like Lynn feels. <laughs> oh um, God, he is the worst. Right? He is so smarmy. I I strongly dislike him. Yes, I do as well. I, I just it's just the, the, the moment when uh when the Cora is it, it was like the moment when Cora was, was you know trying to um commit suicide with a gun and then he just like shakes apart in in the kind of the way that Magneto would do it. I was like, This is some fun stuff now. That's also how Daisy does it too. She that she yeah. saw that, like Daisy's done that before. So oh definitely, also- yeah. It's a daisy thing. Just vibrates it apart, not because it's metal, just because she can. But him, him in that trench coat was a was a weird look. Oh, oh no, that, 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 that that confirmed his edge lord status. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Not wrong. Do you want to uh, give us a re- recap of the episode? Sure. So, Agents of Shield, season seven, episode eight. After before. The episode starts with a brief recap of what was happening to the rest of the team while Deke and Mac were having their excellent adventure last week. Uh, The time drive on the Zephyr is malfunctioning, making shorter and shorter jumps. They could just pull the plug on it, but it's surrounded by a field that's cycling at 48 pulses a second, and the only person fast enough to do it can't get her powers to work. So it's off to afterlife for Yo-Yo and May for some holistic inhuman medicine. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good description. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah, well, not wrong. <laughs> no, definitely not. Acupuncture man. Yeah, it works. It does. <laughs> so after receiving a typical inhuman welcome, distrust thrown in a cell, witnessing a concerning interaction, Yo-Yo gains Jiaying's trust by passing a test to prove she's inhuman. May, of course, isn't inhuman, but having powers gains her a bit of respect. During their stay in Afterlife, a young inhuman named Korra makes several attempts to escape, leading Yo-Yo and May to believe she's being abused in some way. Meanwhile, back on the ship, the team wakes up a not-quite-finished Coulson, <laughs> who is uh, just now starting to have an existential crisis. Poor Coulson. Poor Coulson. Poor oh, he, he doesn't seem too pleased about being woken up before it's, the whole process is done. Is what the, that one comment when he was like, "I'm glad you let me. Uh, I'm glad you did it after my head had been created." Yeah, or whatever, or words to that effect. Anyway, I was just like, yeah. yeah, that's 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 the thing you go for, is it? That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Colson, guys. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I guess his uh, decade inside a computer has given him a bit of an existential crisis now. And as they wait for Yo Yo and May to come back. The time jumps keep coming faster and faster. Ying is very interested in determining the nature of Yo-Yo's affliction. 
After running a battery of tests, she finds that Yo-Yo's problem isn't physical, it's psychological. And conveniently, Yo-Yo's brought along her own empath to help her go on an exploration of her emotional past. <laughs> May, May, as you would expect, is not thrilled with this idea. Well, neither and, is Yo-Yo. <laughs> well, yeah. And the guided meditation session quickly turns into an ass-kicking session. <laughs> Which actually is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really well done. And it works. And all of Yo-Yo's past regrets and guilt that are holding her back are brought to the surface. But her powers still don't work. Cora makes another escape attempt. Turns out she only wanted to get away in order to commit suicide. Ying's interest in Yo-Yo was, in fact, due to her wanting to learn how to turn Cora's out-of-control powers off before Lee gets his way and kills her. Cora's stopped by Nathaniel Malick, now dressed as a ridiculous edgelord, who's <laughs> arrived to af- invade afterlife. Cora decides to join him, and they easily overpower the Inhumans of Afterlife. Young Gordon teleports Mei, Yo-Yo, and Ying back to the Zephyr, and then Gordon and Ying leave, presumably to go try and help their people. Yo-Yo realizes what her problem is just in time to deactivate the time drive and save the team. She's been held back in the past by her guilt and regrets. Her power never actually required her to return to the same place. I like that evolution, yeah. by the way. But anyway, go ahead. And then at the end, all seems well, and Enoch's optimistic that the time drive will function properly now, right up until it malfunctions again, and takes another unexpected jump. It was was good that he was cautiously optimistic. Yes. (laughs) Oh no, oh wait a minute, it's uh, it's going again. Oh, oh no. (laughs) I have made a terrible mistake. (laughs) I love Enoch, and I love that line about, like, Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. And how he goes, Agent Sousa does not resemble them at all. <laughs> he, he doesn't have he does the distinctive have, brow ridges. Yeah, the distinctive brow ridges. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Poor Sousa. He's still in like that shock. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sousa got a new leg. He got a new leg. Yeah, he does. We are, we are still on course for Sousa being 2012 policeman. Yes. <laughs> I very much love Sousa, and I will keep iterating we're reiterating that how happy I am that he is on the team now. Like, I wish it had happened sooner. I love him. It's so just a shame it. he hasn't got more to do, I think. Right. Well, I mean, at he, the moment. At the moment, because it seems like as we're going on, they're pairing off characters to have episodes focused on them. Yeah. Right. We had the Mac and Deke episode. Then we had the Yo-Yo and May episode this week. So we might get a Quake and Sousa episode probably or maybe hopefully a Gemma and Fitz episode right because oh my god poor Simmons broke my heart and also um that bit where May knew that Simmons was talking to Mac or um that like Fitz like I feel like I missed something did I miss something because as far as I know only Enoch and Simmons knew that she could talk to Mac or I'm not Mac Fitz well, but May can probably knew. infer a lot of stuff well, yeah, that's with her true. powers was, now. Yeah, because those are developing and becoming... Um, stronger. Stronger, yeah. She doesn't Which need I, physical contact anymore. No, and actually I kind of find that interesting that it's May of all people that has this power, and I think it's kind of fitting, considering May always bottle up her emotions anyway, so... I mean, it would be the very last power she would pick for herself. It, it really is, and it's it's, and I love it. I well, May, I just love May. May's my favorite. 
they're all my favorite but i really love may who doesn't love may anyway um i mean i I think you bring up a really good point about the um the pairing of the different people and they're kind of pairing them off and doing various different things with them but they're they're taking the uh the odd pairings i think yeah um like you know deacon deacon mac may and yo-yo which i loved yeah yeah, and then and then Sousa and Quake are probably yeah. the the next odd pair due to the fact mm-hmm. that well, um, they kind of paired them off earlier. So I'm wondering if that was yeah, they were well, paired off for the, long though. Yeah, you know, they were just kind of a background story. And Quake did spend most of the time uh, unconscious, unconscious. So <laughs> That's true. I mean, the only reason Maybe, I say they're oh. an odd pair because is mm-hmm. because Quake is very much you know Daisy's very much a you know 21st century person whereas uh Sousa is very much you know an early 20th century person so it's kind of that that balance between the two of them that's true so, yep you know, you've got your man and, out of time and you've got your your young person that's very much used well, to the modern yeah technically out of time too because Deke's from how many years in the future I would kind of like to see Deke and Sousa that would be yeah I mean that <laughs> that equally would be pretty cool actually yeah um I was going to say, personally, I, I would like to see a Colson Enoch episode because they haven't had a lot of time together. They've barely exchanged yeah. a couple words. And if anybody's going to help him with his new existential crisis, it's probably the other robot. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder where this existential stuff is going because it's just, it's so apparent now that Colson is just questioning everything about himself. And I, I, f- I feel like he's either, I, I mean, I know in the notes that we've got, you've kind of said that maybe maybe Deke is going to be the one to sacrifice himself at some point in the future. But I actually think it's going to be Coulson. Um, that's what I, he I always kind of, does, though. It's kind it, it of is, his thing. But that, I think that's the thing. I think it's going to kind of be the last time that he does it. And it's going to be, you know, he does it to save his friends, basically. Whereas I think, I think Deke... Uh, I don't know. I, I I think whilst he's the one that should potentially do the... Sa- I don't know. I mean, he, he, not should. He's but very he's invested in that... Nana and Bobo getting back together. <laughs> he, he very much is. <laughs> uh, well, Deke, Deke is very invested in that because if they don't get back yeah. together, then he There will be no Deke. But, so, I mean, th- again, this goes back to the whole... Daisy, though, because if her mom dies in the next episode, we don't get Daisy anymore. But I think this goes back to the whole, um, you know, which style of time travel is it? And it's becoming even more and even more confusing now because this is probably like the, what the third big wave that they've had out of uh, out of this entire series. You know, you've got Nathaniel Malik, um, you've got uh, you've got the Chronicoms just going through time now, and then you've got this episode where they're in afterlife and it's been you know invaded by by Nathaniel, and he's. Probably going to start stealing Inhumans' powers and giving them to all his evil buddies. With his Brotherhood of Evil Inhumans. I'm sorry I had to. <laughs> Literally, that, that, that one scene where he kind of just appears and he's like, hey, Corey, you don't have to do that. It just reminded me so much of Magneto in the X-Men movies. It's just like, you know. Except that Magneto, Magneto though, in the X-Men movies had awesome leather jackets and Nathaniel's hey, hey, jacket the, is bullshit. The budget was bigger. The budget was bigger. That's... It's a jacket. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, a twenty dollar jacket versus a two hundred dollar jacket. I mean, it's it's budgetary, isn't it? They've got a whole <laughs> costume department 
<laughs> they focus so much on the twenties. That's or the thirties. That's that's it. They're done. That's it. They, they ran that's out of the budget. budget There's no more leather jackets. <laughs> wow. But uh, I mean, it was really nice to see Afterlife back. By the way, I mean that, that isn't half a. That's a reference and a half. That is. Yeah. Some deep dive into their history. I, I find it. I find it's quite kind of weird because um, I I distinctly remember. I think it was the year before we started this podcast or the year that we started this podcast that was like the latter half of the season where the Inhumans were introduced. And that was, it was just, it was so much fun. It was so much fun for this podcast. I was very (laughs) happy to see Gordon back. I've always liked Gordon. Yeah, he was cool. Eye-hopping powers. Uh, Rip-off Nightcrawler. What? (laughs) Rip-off Nightcrawler. He is not a ripoff nightcrawler. He actually has more useful teleportation powers because it's not line of sight. Right. Yeah, he doesn't have to see. Well, where isn't he's going. he can go somewhere that he has never even been before? Isn't he based off of one of Charles Soule's New Humans too, Gordon? Uh, I think he is. Uh, he he looks a bit like Reader, in the fact that he doesn't have eyes. Yeah, because when I first saw him, I thought he was Reader, but he's yeah. not. And he turned out to be this teleportation kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, he does have distinctly better powers than what Nightcrawler has. So <laughs> that's good. Um, but uh, Pretty creepy. I like it. He, yeah, I mean, I, the, I think it's the eye thing that does it for me. It's just like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. But it, it yeah. kind of adds to, adds to his, uh, kind of adds to the whole inhuman kind of stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, Quake, Quake has a sister. Yeah, yeah. That's sure what it seems like. Yeah, just adding to the tradition of bad and human parenting. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this case, in, in this case, I feel like it's it's uh, it's not all bad. Now, th- because... They were trying. You know, it's made out to be a lot more sinister than it actually is. Right. Yeah, I think I she think was not a like... prisoner. They were trying to get her powers under control. Right, and yeah. she was afraid of her own powers and couldn't control them, which made other people afraid of her. And now Gordon has, not Gordon, um, Edgelord Nathaniel has uh, misled her, but I think, I don't think her heart's as in it as it would seem. Uh, true. It's just Ying's assistant is uh, not a cool dude. He's the one that wants yeah, to Yeah, Lee. Yeah. Yeah, he, he seems to be the one Lee, that's going to... a jerk. But he, he wasn't in the season two episodes, was he? I don't think he was. No. I don't remember. I don't I, remember Lee. I mean, it, I it depends. I think he was, but I don't. I, I think it depends well. on, on, on how they rectify the whole uh, waves, not, uh, you know, ripples, not waves stuff. Because at this point, they might as well just go to the future. And it'd be a completely different timeline at this point. So surely they have to go back and revert the timeline. And. I, I wonder if I wonder if they're just completely messing up everything that they've done up to now and just be like, ah, we'll we'll reset it at the end. Yeah. It's a, the... it's pretty much chaos right now. It is. Like don't even know. And then we don't even know where they're they're where they're at at the end of this episode. Like it's a cliffhanger. I hate cliffhangers. But we only have five episodes left, so this is gonna be very interesting. Is there any is there any confirmation on um what the scheduling is going to be for the last two episodes i think no i haven't seen because anything because I, I know we've been talking about how it, it may well be a double episode at the end oh um, yeah 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 i haven't heard anything 
They so, might not I mean, announce that until like the second to last episode anyway. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But that would be really good to see. It would be. I would very much hope that we get at least a two-hour series finale. I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. deserves that um, to wrap everything up. Um, but that's that's my opinion. I don't know what you guys feel on that. I, I'm, I'm going to be sad for it to go. I know that much. Like, and yeah, I, I'm I really, am too, and, I, because... and I've missed like two seasons of this. So... <laughs> I'm going to be very sad for it to go because I don't know. I love the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty traditional to do an extra long episode for the finale. Yeah, so whether or not they'll yeah, do it. I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just going to be a shame because it is literally, you know, getting on for a decade's worth of, uh, of a show. And it's the only Marvel show that's had more than like three seasons. So uh, and we're not going to get any more Marvel shows until next year. Yeah, that's a good point because everything's been postponed now, isn't it, due to COVID? Yeah, WandaVision's in the spring now, I think. And they're doing Falcon and Winter Soldier after the new year. Yeah, Marvel's delayed. Goddamn global pandemics. Yeah, although I heard they, I thought I had heard somewhere that they had started casting up again for Kamala Khan. Yeah, they're just doing video casting now. Who would you? Who would you guys like to see as Kamala Khan? I truly um, am very terrible. I don't know any actresses, truthfully. Like, I don't have enough experience with Hollywood that if they aren't already in a movie or anything, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. I, I truly don't know. I think they need an unknown. I do. I agree with that. I think they need someone no one's ever heard of. I agree. I think they, they need to do what basically what Doctor Who does in that they get a relative unknown and, you know, hopefully it'll be, again, similar to Doctor Who, in which they kind of kick off their career. Yeah. Um, you know, that'd be good. Although I say oh, that about all the Who. other Marvel industries or people so far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah Charlie Cox, well known for, before before doing Daredevil, well known for playing that guy in Downton Abbey. And also Stardust. That was it. I have no idea what Stardust is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a Neil Gaiman movie. Yeah. How, oh, how, okay. It's very good. It's an excellent novel. I do have it. But I don't. I love the movie. I haven't read the novel. Although oh, the, the book is so much better. Oh, it always <laughs> is. Yeah, it always is. In any case, but uh, yeah, I have to check that one out. Let's 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 talk about May for a second in this episode. Like May is a badass, and I love her. But she's, in my opinion, she's always been like more recently fairly. Uh, what's the word? Stoic. Uh, re- relatable. Oh, relatable. Well, she's also in, stoic, in, but go ahead. But yeah, relatable in that way, in that she's Relatable like, for stoic people. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's just the way that she, she doesn't deal well with trying to get together with other feelings? people's feelings and stuff. Yeah. May doesn't like, do I... feelings. May just no. is there to kick ass and fuck people up. And now she has to deal with feelings because she can feel everyone what everyone else is feeling. Well, that's, and and that's quite her... relatable. Her, it is, and I think her biggest challenge, though, is finding out what she's feeling because now she can feel people without touching them, like feel what they're feeling without touching them. Awkward. Yeah. So now it's a matter of <laughs> May. She's, she, yeah, it was awkward. She can feel what yeah. they're feeling. Yeah, I give up. It was literally that one scene where she was like, "I could feel you and Mac in the other room." I was like, <laughs> "Lovely." 
Right. And and so she thought she was feeling like herself and now I don't think she knows if what she's feeling is her or she's just assuming it's what everyone else is feeling around her. Which which in in some ways is is similar to Coulson in the fact that he doesn't know who he is. Um I, I kind of what I mean is like like May doesn't know whether what she feels is her, but in the same way Coulson being a robot now doesn't know whether it's just a I mean, he he. Well, he knows that it's just a bunch of ones and zeros put together, right? And it's kind of like yep. so. He's he's very much. Is this really me? Am I am I just a bunch of ones and zeros? And I, I think it's like I said earlier. I think I wonder if that's just leading up to a huge kind of existential crisis and him basically sacrificing himself one last time. And whether whether May goes with him, you never know. But I could also see, but but he might he might feel these ones and zeros and, and Gemma's like, you got to charge your body. Cause you know, you don't need that whole thing with the water yeah. was really interesting. Um, but also like you look at how Daisy treats them and Mac, they, they, he might be a robot, but he's still Coulson and they need him. Does that, am I making sense? They don't treat him like a robot. Even if he is a robot, they don't treat him. He's still, he's still Coulson to them. He's not, he's not, yeah, it's like because the fact that Mac woke him up halfway through his like his body rebuild, and he was like just literally just to get advice from him. Uh, it's almost like they're starting to set up a Swain and Panacea relationship between them. Oh, that he's a robot because in the comics Swain is an empath, and right. her girlfriend Panacea has no feelings whatsoever. Right, but Panacea finds so her she interesting. Finds her interesting. But Swain, you know, Panacea is the only person that Swain can be confident she's not influencing or being influenced by. Right. I I find that very strange to kind of understand because it's like not not from a, I mean, from from more of a a perspective of, um, how do I put it? You know, if, if you if you are in a relationship with someone and yet you don't feel anything. I find it like for that that kind of concept is just very alien. Yeah, it's but it's supposed to be. Well, right. yeah, true. And you, you get that scene in the Royals comic where Panacea kind of explains herself. Yes, that was just because really you know you don't understand it doesn't mean that she doesn't have feelings for her in her own way. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that book. It exists. I'm gonna go reread it. I think it is certainly <laughs> worth the reread. Royals by Al Ewing. And Javier Rodriguez finished That's right. It's gorgeous. It is beautiful. And if you haven't read it, you uh, totally are missing out on some amazing story and artwork. Because and, and, and I wish it had ended there and not Death of the Inhumans. Ugh! Well, anyway. well I, I would have been very happy uh, if the, uh, the Royal series had just, like the Inhuman series had just ended with Judgment Day. That that would have been fine. Let's, let's not go too much into Death of the Inhumans because... We're you know. Yeah, let's let it that let it lie. Anyway, um, we totally derailed on the comics. Anyway, um, going back to Swain and Panacea and May and Coulson, uh, I could see that. Yeah, I, I now you've kind of like now we've spoken about it. It does seem much more likely. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I kind of I kind of I was so sure at the beginning about like what where this ending was potentially going in the episode and that kind of stuff. But now I just have no idea. Still no Koenig. Yeah, still no Koenig. Still no Koenig. So sad. Speaking of Koenigs, though, how many Koenigs do you guys uh, rate this episode? 
4.5 because of the cliffhanger and Nathaniel's edgelord status. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with a 4.5 on this one. Uh, now, now I'm, I'm either going to bring the, bring the average up or bring the average down because I don't like, I don't, you, like Adam. I don't like decimals in a, in a rating. So it's either, a, I, I, I would probably go for a four out of five similar reasons. So that's something like 4.33333 on average. So, so you there made you it go. even worse for decimals. <laughs> nice going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't even, you can't even double it now. <laughs> You can't even double it and it'll be fine. So just give it a four point five, Adam, like the rest of us. No, no, it's four point it's, it's four out of five now. It's from me. I've ruined it completely for everyone. Everyone's OCD is just gonna go mad now. So <laughs> So you guys uh, have you guys been watching anything other than Agents of Shield or reading anything you wanna share? Read Spider Woman because it was really good this week. <laughs> I wondered how quickly we're going to get to that. Oh, we're going right (laughs) off the bat because it was fantastic. And Carla, I love where she's going with this. If she thinks, if I think, if I'm thinking correctly. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying Spider-Woman. Please read it. Give it all the sales you love. How has, I I mean, I think for me, I'm probably going to pick it up in trade if I do. But did you see, um, talking of trades, did you see the sales number from, uh, uh, is it Comicron? see the sales numbers for last year um which was really interesting basically uh single issue sales have been holding steady for the last sort of like two or three years uh graphic novels have gone through the roof yeah which was insane and digital number digital numbers have kind of sloped off um apparently before covid hit uh comics yeah. were single issues and floppies of comics were um on track to be like the best year ever yeah i don't but 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 i think i think the for 2019 it's it so this was the numbers for 2019 um the numbers have held steady for about the last half half a decade so i think it's something like 100 million dollar sales every year for about the last 10 years or five years even that's half a decade which is it's interesting because it kind of sees it kind of shows uh where the market is and i think graphic novel sales and trade paperback sales are probably going to be the future of comic books in my opinion, oh, anyway. Yeah. I've been saying that for a while, and I, I think you're right. Um, I know there are a couple of companies that have gone to the direct-to-trade format for some things. So, oh, Well, Mar- Marvel has shown that they're investing in that kind of format. You know, with the um, uh, Jessica Jones blind spot and uh, Cloak and Dagger by Dennis Hopeless. Well, those were actually released digital mm-hmm. only first, and then they yes. went trade, and then they went and into trade. floppies. Which is, which is really the... The, the backwards way of doing it but i think that it, it kind of gives marvel a bit of a potentially a better number but i, I think it's a really interesting kind of telling situation you know it's kind of a telling stat on where things are going i think covid is not going to help at all um the fact that marvel have cut you know like a third of their line at this point and they're, they're continually canceling stuff at the moment and it kind of feels like um you know, maybe we will we'll see that kind of progressively bigger jump to trade at some point. I think so. I know that um, those, bo- those although Hawkeye Freefall and Star and Valkyrie are all going to come out in print now in October. Marvel has decided to re-release them in print after all. So they will be um, printed because people complained. Um, so we will get them in print. But I think Marvel cutting their lines down um, is just trying to play it safe well yeah i mean that's the thing is it's it i think 
you know, not to go too much into the whole lecture about things, but I think it's more, I, I, I guess it's more cash flow based than it is, you know, actual sales based because I think that they've paid for all of this stuff to be printed back in like March, April time. And right. then it just wasn't sold. So, uh, you know, they're kind of at the moment, they're at a point where they cannot print things because they may not have the money, but they also need to get an income on stuff. So they need to sell the stuff that's going to sell, basically. Right. Well, that's why they released people were asking why Strike Force came out in print when the others didn't. And I sat there and I'm like, well, Strike Force was probably already at the printer by the time yeah. they had to cancel these things. So they might as well just finish it. Yeah. And it's, it's things like, um, I think Children of the Atom, because that looks like it's just cancelled completely at this point, um, which is a shame because, I mean, it, it did look like a, an interesting concept. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's one of those ones that I think that if Marvel have said, well, we could cut that because it's not influencing the actual overall story, um, which, again, is interesting for the X-Men because it means that maybe some some books are a bit superfluous to, to requirements. I think that's my word of the day, superfluous. Excellent word. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I kind of like that one. I'm going to make sure I use it in everyday vocab. But uh, sorry, uh, Lynn, we didn't we didn't uh, we didn't ask you. Have you have you read or watched anything last week? Well, I just finished up my reread of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run, nice. which is a classic and so strange. <laughs> and I'm going to be tracking down the Rachel Pollock run, which is supposed to be even stranger. Interesting. And uh, did that reread to be prepped for my Doom Patrol Blu-ray that just showed up, <laughs> which is supposed to be an excellent show, and I can't wait to start it. I, I've excellent. heard that it's good. I didn't know it was a show. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's been it been a did that get released this year or or twenty nineteen? I don't know. It's probably twenty nineteen that it started. Yeah, because I remember it came out and everybody was like, "This is actually one of the better." DC shows that are out there. Yeah. Which is good. It's good it's good to get decent comic book TV series. Yeah. Doom Patrol is really kind of outside everything else at DC. There's not that much crossover because it's just so weird. <laughs> the other characters sometimes any... show up and go, This is weird and then they leave. <laughs> it's it's it it feels that feels kind of like um almost like because I, I I mean you, you got me uh Sandman. Uh, I believe back in C two E two, which I'm I'm very yep. thankful for, and I read that, and then you have like you have Batman show up, and then you have like the Justice League show up, and they just like they're only in it for like a page, if that, and yep. uh, and Constantine's <laughs> like, in out. it, like yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it's kind of like that. It's it's uh, I kind of enjoy that. I kind of like it when when the the writers have a bit more freedom to do what they want to do, and yeah. and then they can kind of reference in universe stuff. They're like, hey, we exist in this universe. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. That's enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think Sandman is a good good one to reference, actually. Uh something to read. Um because um uh Neil Gaiman has released a an audio. Was that was that Sandman Sandman? Yeah, there's supposed to be an audio. Yeah, it's like an though. audio episodic thing. Um, which he's he's kind of recently released, whether it's this week or last week or or whatever. But um, yeah, that looks really good. I can't I can't wait to kind of get scripts of that. But I need to I need to actually read Sandman. Sandman. I have a song Sandman in my head now. Well, that's quite that's, the um, quite the audio cast too. Who's who's in it? Uh, James McAvoy is Morpheus. 
Yep. Riz Ahmed is the Corinthian. Oh, wow. Kat, Den- Kat Dennings is Death. Taryn Edgerton is John Con- Constantine. <laughs> That's quite interesting casting. Yeah. Andy Circus is Matthew the Raven. That's worth it. It's worth it just for that. Do you, any, any idea on cost? Is there a cost on whatever you're reading? Not on this. Let's see. All right. Yeah, I have no idea how much it costs other than it's free with a 30-day trial. <laughs> 30-day trial of what? <laughs> Audible. Oh, Audible. Okay. See, I, I've been um, debating whether or not to get Audible because... So my mum's my visually impaired and she she loves... She used to love to read. She's basically very similar to me. She would have a book in her hand like as soon as she gets home, start reading. So um, we kind of, I kind of went and took her into a bookshop, got her into audio books and stuff. But then last year for her birthday, I got her a subscription to audio or audible. So she's okay. been, so she basically buys like four audio books a month, five audio books a month and just gets through them. Cause uh, I, I bought already audible and an echo dot and she just, yeah, she loves it. So I might have to uh, get on the back of that and actually get my own stuff as well. Okay, it looks like you can get it for $30.58 if you don't have a subscription. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's that's not too bad. I mean, for an audiobook, that's not too bad. When you actually, you know, if, if you've, I don't know if you guys have ever actually bought an audiobook, but they are very expensive. Well, it's almost 11 hours worth of audiobook. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of commutes to and from work if you were, you know, still commuting. <laughs> I don't know, That's that's like that's like a week's worth for me. Yeah. 11 hours. That's, yeah. It takes me an I hour mean, to get to work and an hour to get back. So that was about, yeah, that was the same for me. It's, it's the same. But no, I might, I might, um, I might start getting into audio stuff. I, I just, I can't. I don't know why. I, I don't do audiobooks very well. I just, I, I hear them and I just have to turn them off. Well, this, this was an interesting thing, um, that I posted up on Twitter a few weeks ago, which is when I read a book, um, like in my head, it's almost like it's almost like a film starts. So for certain characters, I kind of, you know, I put a face to them in my mind and whether it's a person I know or a person I've seen or anything like that, because because interesting fact, the human brain cannot create human faces. It always remembers people's faces where it's just someone you saw in the street or something. But apparently the human brain cannot create human faces. Um, so. Yeah, my mental casting kind of kind of uh, becomes people that I know. <laughs> but then when I see a TV series, when I see a movie, when I see a, you know, uh, a performance of it, I then replace those faces with the people that I've seen in the actual, you know, Harry Potter is a really good one. Because for a long time before the movies came out, I used to read the books and I used to kind of imagine certain people in certain parts. And then when the movie came out, I'd replace them. But there's one that always sticks out that I never replaced in my head. <laughs> And uh, it was like a, an old school teacher, and it just—he's he's the only one I've never replaced. Which he played uh, uh, in my head. He was Horace Slughorn. It's such a weird conversation to have. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> that's how you, that's how I get through audiobooks. Well, for comic book news, it's um, Comic Con at home this week. Oh shit! <laughs> and it's free, right? Or are they doing what like Blizzard does, which was like you pay admission and get some cool swag? I think it's all free. I think it's free. I think the panels are free. Yeah. That's pretty rad. When does that start? I think it starts on Thursday. Excellent. So the day after the, this episode The Marvel goes panels up, do. 
Well, that would be sent make sense because um, San Diego is Thursday through Sunday. So yeah, that would make sense that Marvel probably has some panels every day. Yeah, yeah I mean, that sounds good. Keep my eye out for any Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur trailers. Yeah, did you did you hear that rumor that they're going to be leaking footage of the cartoon? I saw that. I'm wondering if it's true. Hopefully it is, because I'm excited if it's true. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Can't wait for that. I'm very excited. I miss them. I do, too. They're they're always fun. Um, they're always fun. And actually, speaking of Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, in that interview I did with, uh, oh, I forget, um, Into the Night with Tom Brevoort, I had asked him to put together Pet Avengers team. And I had mentioned putting, you know, Double Dinosaur on it. And he was like, you can't put Double Dinosaur on a Pet Avengers team without Lunella. And he's like, I think Lunella would get over it pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) She would like totally lose patience. It would be like Pet Avengers plus Lunella and just. As long as it's it's a moment where Lunella is sharing her mind with Devil Dinosaur. Like, that would be... <laughs> I feel like that would make some really good storytelling. Wouldn't it, though? Like, it needs to happen. I need my Pet Avengers book with Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably literally the next book they're going to make now. I hope so, because that would be fun as hell. So long as Ms. Lyon's in it, I'm happy. Wait, who's Ms. Lyon? Wait, 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 I missed something. Ms. Lyon is Aunt May's dog, who tags along with the Pet Avengers. I did not know about that. I was thinking of. I, I'm still thinking. I want bats on a Pet Avengers team. That's where my brain is. That too. Dead. But oh my god, Ms. Lion is a is a riot. It's good to know. He is so goofy. I mm. I I'm trying to think. I feel like if I my dog to... joined the Pet Avengers. <laughs> 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 I mean, his name is Thor. He he. Yes, it is. And he did want to fight the thunderstorm today because he's the dog of thunder. <laughs> I love your dog. So I, I have I, never I met him, but he makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, but then then again, that's what dogs do, isn't it? It's just dogs in general. This unless unless you unless you're Donny Cates and you decide to kill them all off. Right, monster. <laughs> This is well, also why, though, that like everyone exempts Lockjaw from everything because he's a good boy. He he's the best boy. That's that's why I came home from uh, came home from C two E two of like one bit of of art from the the drink and draw, uh, another print, a t shirt, all with Lockjaw on it. It's like <laughs> <laughs> because he is the best dog, other than other than my dog and and Lynn's dog, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> So if you guys want to send us a message, drop us a line or anything like that, just go to our Twitter, which is at AtalanRising1, or you can email us at the show at AtalanRising.com. And then we shall see you again next week for another review of uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which will be episode nine next week. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.